G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 68 of the Outback Mind podcast. Three topics, suicide, violence and domestic violence. they're pretty common words these days. Uh, they come up quite a lot. Um, today's guest, Sean Coffin, is a Melbourne man that uh, started up an organisation a while back called The Modern Bloke to try and raise awareness around this. And, and since then, Sean, Sean's done some great work uh, in trying to, uh, I guess, be able to make this more mainstream, They're having the conversations openly and honestly about uh, these particular topics, why they're occurring, and trying to provide interventions so they don't uh, occur as often in the future with, with view to eliminating them altogether. Um, I've seen over the years uh, some pretty challenging uh, areas be addressed and be eliminated. And um, I just believe if we're talking about this sort of thing regularly, then eventually there will be a cultural shift and there will be less and less episodes of, of these things occurring. So self-awareness is key and be able to provide uh, functional self-awareness to people so they are more conscious of their behaviours, I believe, will inevitably turn the tide and uh, will have less episodes and issues of, of these sorts of things occurring. So Sean and I are going to have a pretty deep uh, conversation about this today. Really grateful for you uh, for joining in and listening. Just want to make special mention to our uh, primary partners, Green Nutritionals, Green Organic Superfoods, which are really good for our physical and mental health. You can please check out their website, greennutritionals.com.au, and also Pure Life Sprouted Bakery, who make awesome organic sprouted breads, which are available all around the country. Um, much better for our digestion. When our digestion works well, our mental health works better. Alrighty, sit back and listen to Sean and I going at it. I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot from this conversation. Sean Coffin, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Wow, thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me on. Oh, mate, uh, it's so good that um, we're doing this men's stuff together, albeit in in different states and uh, territories and that, but... I was saying to you, um, I started doing like a men's circle in Tassie in 2014 and it was really weird and uh, the guys didn't want to go anywhere to talk about their stuff or, um, or you know, hear story of, stories of others that were too sort of uh, entrapped in their, own, um, in their own issues. But now it's, uh, you know, seven, eight years later and um, we're, we're, we're in a really good place with regards to men's health. We've got a long way to go, um, but uh, I think we're heading in the right direction now. A hundred percent. I think we're just heading in the, wrong, in the right direction. And my, a lot of what I talk about is um, cultural change over generations. My background's in marketing and it was what I loved in university. Mm. And that's that reflection piece that a generation or you know in a couple of years we're gonna it's gonna be so commonplace and that's what you know i want the modern bloke to be about is that when we turn around and we'll have a discussion um man to man you know over a beer about our relationships or you know something a bit more deep and meaningful and we might even be talking to our younger sons or to someone a bit younger and telling them how you know 15 years ago this would have just been grunts um, watching the footy, and they'll go, "Oh, mate, ne- ne- you know, that's crazy. That I couldn't imagine that." Um, so it's great to see where the where the future is going with all this. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, we, we've sort of gone deep pretty quick too, but I, I often talk oh, about 
I don't know. That's all good, mate. Perfect, because I often talk about we've got an opportunity now in, in time to be able to really facilitate change so these next generations uh, you know, beyond us can, can be better. And uh, I, I reckon the seven generations before us have had a lot of trauma. You know, they've had a lot of trauma. Uh, and I always say that there's probably one person in the male side of our families that's been to war. So a lot of that trauma will come in uh, over generation after generation and inevitably be in us. And we, we sort of become tangled up in, in those emotions which aren't really relevant anymore. Hundred percent. I think the emotions and you know the, the generational trauma and, and what we feel uh, is, par- is is like massive in um, thinking about our triggers as well. But also, it builds a culture. And you talk about war, and it's um, we get into this whole. This is what men do. This is who men are. You know, the I call it the brand of man. And mm. guys growing up, if we're just subconsciously or societally told this is what men do and this is how men are. We just think that that's how it is or how it's always been. War, the war's a classic example where I've heard how when our like, grandfathers came back from war, then there was a lot of shit that they went through, a lot of trauma, a lot of things that they saw. I even talked to my grandma about, you know, she, did, she was in the war in England um, and it was kind of, you don't talk about it. It was a Pandora's box. There wasn't the support system, so they just don't talk about it. And then so it's like, cool. That then became a culture of guys don't talk about their feelings, mm. um, which can only be one, might, might only be one or, one or two generations, and all of a sudden we're getting this mindset that guys don't talk about their feelings or about their issues or anything where you just go, well, we've gone into that generation and that culture. It's just as easy to change that by having the flip side and going well how about we just do <laughs> yeah oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's absolutely. nothing there's nothing physiological that stops us from doing it it's just you kind of go okay well we understand why they didn't and it would have been hard and then they if, if they're subconsciously just going along with it and then they teach their dads boys don't you know um cry or anything like that and then that gets passed down and it takes these conversations to go well hang on how about we just change that yeah yeah women have been doing it well for a long time i remember my wife you know we're, we're separated now but i remember her saying that she used to talk about stuff to her friends and i'm saying what are you saying that for like they're gonna think that that's weak and then they're gonna think that i'm bad and all that sort of stuff and it was like oh what'd you say that for you know like like it was all all, uh, the, all this stuff that you uh you perceive to be right but it's actually uh, incorrect yeah, that's, you know, oh, we don't want them to think that we've got a weakness. Mm. Um, you know, everything's, everything's fine and, that and stuff. Um, and I, I laugh with the comparisons. I often compare, compare it with women's culture and you just go, like, let's, let's look, learn from that. Um, as I said, I'll go and catch up with a mate and we'll watch the footy and have a couple of beers and come back and my fiancé is like, you know, how, how, is, how are they getting on with their first week or two of work? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, then they started, last time we caught up with them, they said they were starting a job. I'm like, oh, no, we didn't talk about that. I forgot. Um, and then I laughed. I was saying she's Italian and said when girls catch up, you know, they sit down, they order their coffee, and they, as soon as the coffee comes, they're just like, right, let's talk. Um, and they laughed because they said they don't have to wait. They don't even wait for the coffee to come. As soon as they sit down, they just start talking about asking questions and talking. And I'm like, well, we can, guys can do that. Um, and... We may not be as used to it, but we can do it. 
Um, it might take some practice, but we can do it. And it also relates to a end result of positive mental health, sorting out your shit and less like you know connection versus loneliness um, from doing that. So, mm. oh, absolutely, mate. We we don't really like get taught about balancing masculine feminine energy. We we don't. We don't actually understand as men. We don't. We we, we have feminine energy in us, and and how to uh, look at that and, and embrace it and actually see it. Um, we we we're very uh, quick to mask it and, and cover it up. And it's the same with women. Like they have masculine energy as well, uh, which uh, which comes out. And um, I guess to be able to have open and honest conversations with other guys is is tapping into your feminine in some way, which a lot of uh, men are uh, you know really afraid to go towards. And it's because those conversations haven't really been had. And I think that's why, you know, this these podcasts are great and that's why we, I talk about exactly what you said, feminine and masculine energies. And because of it's either masculine's been put on a pedestal or we've been pressured into, you know, talking about masculine values that it's what's been lost in translation is that it's not about being 100% masculine. Mm. And if you show any feminine side, emotion or energy, then that's a sign of weakness. Whereas that's just not how it is. Like um, it's, it's been lost in translation. Whereas if I, I say, you know, 80, 20 rule in general, I'm 80% masculine, 20% feminine energy or activities during the day, just for the sake of arguments. And but understanding your feminine and when to um, use it, whether it's, you know, a good cry, whether it is communicating or empathy or, you know, caring or whatever, um, as long as you're using it for value, (laughs) then it's right. And, 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 you know, you can go back and forward. Um, Being emotional, you know, seen sometimes as a feminine energy and what the misconception is that if we're emotional – or we show feminine that we're going to become feminine mm. and it's just not the, the truth. It's a masculine or, you know, it's human to be, okay, this is a time to go into my emotion and process my emotion or talk about my feelings to my partner to grow our relationship or to deal with an issue that I've got. Mm. And then once that's sorted or once I've got that through, I can go back to the, you know, to the provider, the caregiver, the masculine, the stoic um, as well. And, and, you know, the provider, type thing and in relationships um Mate, so women I was, respond to it <laughs> oh absolutely i was thinking um why why is it that we are so uncomfortable uh to be vulnerable do you think i think it's a misconception as the culture as that i always say it's from my experience, the loud ones that want to be the full masculine, they're the ones that probably um, consider themselves, you know, maybe alpha or something, and they're not connected as much to be able to relax into their feminine. Mm. But they're also the most vocal. They're the ones, you know, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, this is what a man is, don't be a pussy, rah, rah, rah. Um, Versus the ones that are comfortable with it are the ones that are the quiet ones because they're going about and just doing their shit. Mm. So as you kind of like, as we leave impressions on people, younger generations especially, um, or society about what the men is, we only hear from those ones that believe in the 100% masculine um, that will tell us that, you know, oh, you, you, can't be, you, you can't be vulnerable in front of your partner 
and you know talk about relationship issues mm. not because it, to them it's not because the men don't do that it's because they can't do that so they don't want anyone else to be able to do that because um, it's kind of like the wounded masculine there um whereas in reality <laughs> we it, with more of these conversations and hence the term the modern bloke to show that you know that, that is an actually thing that a bloke does is when there's a relationship issue you can talk about emotional stuff in front of your partner yeah yeah that's right mate how how has this evolved for you like what sort of um what what sort of background did you come from did you did you come from your traditional blue collar background was it uh, the private school was it um was it like a more of a, a privileged upbringing or did you have some uh, some hard knocks yourself with regards to you know, coming through and your own mental health? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much a blue-collar area, um, a place in Frank, in Victoria called Frankston, yeah. which yeah. has was pretty rough, um, but there's definitely worse places. And I say, you know, I've, I've had ups and downs. I've never – I don't have a, a massive story about um, – you know, I've, I've, through the podcast, I've you know, people that have been to jail and friends that have been to jail and, and stuff. And um, But I think, grew up with a single mum and kind of mine was a lot of questions regarding... I grew up in a feminine household and I was, you know, embraced my femininity and then I went into a masculine, just, you know, the footy culture and, you know, all my mates loved footy, loved sports Um so went through that but through that i also then experienced depression from bullying when i was in my teens um and that kind of like started a couple of things on my journey of mental health issues and i was very open because of i feel my feminine energy or um, upbringing i was very open to talking about them and then when i was then around all the boys I, I didn't I disconnected because I wasn't able to talk about that or that wasn't what we did, um, which just kind of like then made me overthink everything. Um, but then going through just kind of like life issues and one of them that was more recent before the modern bloke was then divorce. Um, so going through the highs of, you know, marriage and relationships and then divorce, um, moving back with my mum, triggered off depression again. Mm. And, but... I guess because of I'd done some resilience building through my teen years, um, through my 20s where I would have episodes of depression and loneliness as well and just it built my resilience. Some bad breakups. I went through domestic violence um, as a victim twice mm. and just kind of built on my – and you talk about it with the Outback Mind, just my tips and tools on how to re, how to think, how to rebound, build my resilience, that when I did go down after a divorce, I actually got quite quickly back into a good headspace. Mm, yeah. So how did you do that, mate? Like just through routine or just having the awareness to, to see how your emotions work? Um, yeah, awareness of how your emotions work. I know – um, it's one thing where people go, you know, how do you do the work? And part of it is just sitting with yourself, learning about emotions, learning about what your triggers are. Um, and another one was building when I, when I was mid twenties, early twenties, um, I was very much quantity over quality for friendships. And then mm. probably mid twenties went to, went the other way around. And I know that that support network was massive 
and when I would ever go through anything. Also, being open and vulnerable regularly. So even if it was just struggles with work or, you know, some relationship breaks down, breakdowns or talking to people about anxiety and depression that I had um, and being quite open about it, I found that when things got a bit worse that it wasn't as um, heavy for me to do that. Mm. Yeah. And, and just I had that, like, you know, for me, I was talking to people about even when, you know, late 20s when I I was living by myself and I went through a quite a lonely time. I moved, bought my own house and I thought, you know, this would be great. Um, and just with life, I didn't really see anyone for a bit. And, in, you know, in a dark, in the winter in a three-bedroom house by myself, I had some depressive episodes, um, but I knew to reach out. I knew, I understood the, the feelings and I knew that they weren't going to go away. They were going to come every now and then. But I then go, great. My one is just feel it. Stay, you know, today, just chill at home, put on a movie, just kind of tune out, but have a good, healthy dinner, have a sleep, and the next morning, just tr- just get up and walk. Mm. And, you know, th- those little things just help. Um, I also found that communication around understanding how I was feeling, communicating to myself, but then to friends and family where I would be able to say, I'm not feeling great, um, I can't come to this event or I'm not up to this discussion or this conversation um, really helped by alleviating the pressure and making me be able to bounce back. And even talking to, like, work, I know that um, when I was going through divorce, I spoke to my boss and said, mate, just let you know I'm going through a divorce. Um, There's going to be some stuff that's going to go good and bad. Um, When things go bad, I already suffer from mental health of mental illness mm. um so those triggers mean that i might not be able to rock up to work mm. and he was more he was understanding thankfully and i was quite open and honest but it just meant that those days when i could message and say look can't come in today um he said yep yeah, no problem i'll make up the work later on but it meant that i wasn't going to work feeling guilty yeah because when i'm in that headspace and, I've either, you know, as we talk about anxiety as well, if I can barely get out of bed but I drag myself out off to work, I'm not being productive for them anyway, but it means that then I'm not being productive so my I feel guilty, so my anxiety is going through the roof because I'm at work not being productive. Mm. Um, I'm not actually processing my depressive episodes, so it's taking longer. It might be two or three days that I'm then non-productive um, and then I start stressing out because I've got three days of non-productive and you self you know, you um, catastrophizing. I'm like, oh, maybe the boss is going to fire me and what if I don't have a job and all that stuff because mm-hmm. that's the headspace that I'm in at the time yeah, versus yeah. Um, going, cool, I don't have to feel guilty about not going to work today. I can process this and then generally, you know, this is just how I do it, so everyone's different, but the next day I'm more pro- I'm productive um, and my boss understands why I'm not at work and I'll catch up on everything that I need to do and we have that conversation. Um, but understanding myself, understanding what I'm suffering from and um, just the emotional side of it means that I can communicate it and be on top of it. And to me that's, you know, that's part of the masculine. It's not saying... I'm um, weak. It's saying this is something that I'm struggling with, but I'm understanding it. I'm taking control of it, 
and I'm putting in every aspect that I can to, uh, you know, to survive and just to make it work. Mate, um, some words came to me uh, while you were speaking then with regards to my own journey. Like, I, I, I still now would feel uncomfortable doing that. Like, the response that I'd get when I was a young fellow is, what are you fucking weak as piss, are you? Yep. You know, uh, and and those 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 things are deep. You know, they 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 stay deep in you, and that becomes really cellular um, with regards to the way that you uh, that you think, because it actually it turns into anxiety when you know you're not right, uh, and you wanna you wanna reach out and sort of let people know that. Well, well, that that's the response that hurt you, and and a blow to the heart, which that actually is, is more powerful than a blow to the body, and. Um, uh, you know, once you get that blow to the heart, you really, you really cautious about getting another one. Exactly, and it stays with you. Like you, you get that blow um, every time you, and that's the anxiety of go. Well, if I, yeah, it, it's part of even like rejection for dating. Um, if if you get rejected by someone when you're dating, and they you know shut you down, and it's like, well, okay, that really hurt. You know, rejection hurt. But then the next time you go to ask, ask a girl out, for instance, um, you still carry some of that rejection and that stops you and, you know, it really it can wear you down. It's the same. Um, it, it takes acknowledgement and maybe, you know, that girl that just says, look, great, thank you for asking, but, you know, let you down maybe a bit easier that relieves the um, rejection for it. But as you said, yeah, it, it sticks with you. Oh, I'm curious, mate. So, so you were divorced. How long was it until you uh, were courageous enough to, to get into another relationship, maybe with the partner that you are now? Uh, three months. Jeez, that was pretty quick. From separation to kind of dating was about four, maybe four. Um, and, yeah, that's my fiancé at the moment. Um, mm. Being to be wife, not as though it'll be my ex-fiancé soon. But, yeah, that's my current partner. Um and part of it was uh, I spent that three, four months because if I had known how to do it, I had my support network of my mum, my sister, my friends um, there, and I spent time just go, you know going for runs. The amount of laps that I did of um, the neighbourhood every night just to you know clear, to clear the mind. Um, I ended up getting injured from the amount of running, but I knew that that's what I needed to do. Um, and was quite open with my friends about, you know, the struggles and stuff, and they were all supportive, you know, the anxiety of opening up and admitting defeat and admitting, you know, the things that worked. Um, but that I knew that if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't have been able to bounce back as quick. Mm. Um, and I think credit to all of them because they were so supportive. It was um, understanding. And my fiancé is quite emotionally intelligent and, strong-minded and on our first date as call from Jean. on their first dates but um mine got brought up that i was currently separated you know still legally married um and the question she threw at me was instead of small talk it was um what did you get out of the marriage mm. and that you know that was half an hour into a cop into you know a, a first date and one of them was that my mates were there for me when um i was in a happy place and then they were there equally when i was in the bad place mm, yeah you're really lucky you had that support 
Uh, but, well, that's yeah. that's it. it. It was built from, um, and I guess lucky is more unfortunate, um, but lucky is more. It's been a good decade um, building that support and putting in the efforts, and you know, appreciating my friends and family, and doing the same for them, and listening to them, and wanting to support them. That that happened. Mate, you, you also were fortunate you had some feminine energy around you, so you had you know, your mum and, and, and sisters and, and relatives and that to be able to give you some guidance. That's it, and just, just being open. Um, and I think um, just the normalcy of even growing up with that meant that uh, I, I knew, and I guess this is part of the modern bloke and what we talk about, how we talk about well, like what we're speaking about is I knew how to do that from my upbringing being with a feminine energy around. Mm. I knew what opening up looked like. I knew what um, talking about emotions looked like. I knew what being able to just cry, like, you know, a a proper cry looked like um, versus if you've never been, like, experienced that. If your relationship of talking is with guys and it's just – base level discussions and someone says or society says you know you need to open up more and or you can kind of go cool but how do you do that yeah. we need to see that let's let, you know you need to you need to be seen for that um which is where these discussions and things that i talk about with the modern bloke go really well where it shows up as and, and just makes people go cool i can do that yeah, mate, uh, it's 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 so good. You know, getting back to what we sort of said before about seven years ago when I first started doing a men's circle, like it was so foreign for guys to even talk about any of this. But you know, we've we've come a long way to to that stage now, and people with the lived experience like you can really help open other guys up and help them to become more aware. I know when my wife and I separated, I said then that I need to work out who I am before I get into another relationship and I went for like five years and um, I just no it's not right it's not time no 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 I can't because I knew that I didn't really understand myself fully I had to put a lot of work in my lots of running like I would have run around Australia twice I reckon um, <laughs> I, I, over the over maybe a well, it was maybe a ten year period, pretty much, but like over over a five year period, lots of running because it did clear the head, and then once you get into that flow state and you're breathing deep, then all the clarity comes. Then you start to see who you are. You know, you don't actually see the uh, the uh, the learned behaviours or the um, all uh, all the expectations or any of that sort of stuff. You get back to the pure sense, pure sense of yourself, and I just think once you can get in tune with that, then you've got more of a chance of getting into a relationship with someone else that's uh, more aligned with you and, and you know, that can uh, be open and honest and, and be able to nourish you as an individual rather than just, you know, being in a relationship for the hell of it, I guess. No, definitely. I, I reckon I went through three or four relationships each doing a step and that's part of these discussions is to go, well, let's not have to deal with that. Let's, let's go from the front foot and bank, make it, make it normal for guys to be aware of their values, their red flags, their green flags, um, you know, analysing and not just subconsciously going into relationships and just you know, on the treadmill of life mm. um, of, you know, we get along well, so I guess that'll do. And But it's 
being more proactive and saying, you know, this, I, I want kids or I don't want kids or this is my value of money or this is my, I, I'm a dog person or a cat, you know, just all these different things um, that we should be doing before every relationship, which will hopefully just give us a bit more percentage chance of them working out. Um, and I, I think we just don't analyse things like red flags as, enough in relationships when I talk about all the guys and we talk about relationship issues and a lot of, oh, you know, but I didn't think of this, I didn't think of that and on reflection and it's like, well, we should, because it wasn't really, it's not really what guys do is analyse relationships and talk about relationships and um, I just got off the phone about an hour ago with a guy we were talking about um, just a relationship issue that he's got and he just wanted to, it's, he just wanted a mate to talk about it just to t- talk it through his head um, and then he came to his own conclusion and hopefully it gives him a better um, outcome for it. I think the issue as well, and as I say the brand of man, and as you were talking about the last seven years, is that the irony, we all have relationship issues. We all have work issues. We all have issues with our, with our you know, ourself. We all have issues with family. We all have issues with direction. But if we're saying, well, no, guys don't talk about it, well, if the, the, the same person that says guys don't talk about it is the same person that's going to have an issue with it. Mm. Oh, mate, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you, you're right. Um, you know, what are the deal breakers? Like, like, this is the stuff that we should have been taught in year 11, mind you. You know, I had a, had a full year on this, uh, much much more than, than, than chemistry or algebra or any of that. This is so much more valuable to talk about relationships and this is how you might look at finding a partner which is well aligned to you so you don't end up in divorce or um, this is how you understand yourself before you get into a relationship so you can be more successful as a, as a, as a partner which will make you a successful father which will help the next generation to become more and more conscious. And, um, you, you know, it's really, it's really a shame that we have to go through all the, all the shit to be able to like, come to the realisation. And, um, uh, you know, we're having, we're having a chat about this now and there's, there's guys listening to this which will, will gain, gain some really uh, valuable insight from it. But, um, yeah, I, I just think the more, the more we can reach people before they make decisions to be able to give them informed education and advice and guidance that will help them to be able to go into a relationship, for example, which is going to be successful rather than, you know, maybe not so much, I guess, which is really relevant and common in modern society with divorce rates being, you know, so high. Yeah, I think it's changing, sorry, it's evolving the culture. Um, I do some workshops around with guys about, um, and I talk evolving the culture versus changing the culture because changing makes it sound like it's bad, but um, it's making it more commonplace to talk about emotional sides of issues. So, um, and more often, it's having, why I say evolving, it's still having your banter, um, still having, you know, going to Friday night, watch your footy at a mate's and have a couple of beers or Saturday afternoon barbecue, but knowing that those mates are people that on a Tuesday you might catch up for coffee with or have a phone call on the way home and go, Mate, I'm just this, – this is something that's bothering me. Can I just run you through what I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, or um, 
I, I'm dating this girl and it's like, how are things going? Yeah, cool, she's hot. And you go, cool, how about we talking about, you know, she makes me happy because of this reason or this is what we're yes. connecting with. Yeah. Um, this, or, and this is something that's actually an issue for me. And the response that we give to those, to our to our mates is then like a more mature and supportive of, okay, well, let's talk through this. So how do you see that happening? Um, but same thing with... Uh, work you know what are your values what do you want to do for work what lights you up inside um and asking our friends what lights them up inside why do they do the career that they're doing mm-hmm. uh, and still having it like i love i've got um workshop blokes and brews and it's just about at the brewery talking about how, asking those questions um and we control that culture as blokes we control that culture what I want to understand with is that it may seem that this discussion is, a, is too feminine for some people, so we are talking about that, um, but also the result of having this culture of better connection, asking the right questions, talking through your problems uh, when it's appropriate or when, you, when it's needed means that if, if I'm talking to my mate about an issue with my relationship, and to try and, and getting his ideas and what can work or even just reading books or podcasts about relationships and being um, talking to my partner more about, okay, shit's going wrong, let's really get into it. What's your love language or open to go to psychologists or to go to marriage counsellors? Then we don't get to divorce, which is then massive for your mental health. Um, we don't If we're talking about, you know, to our boss about work or the stuff, we start staving off, dropping down to rock bottom. Mm. Um, you know, talking, and, and I say it's the same thing with, like, say, for instance, gambling and alcohol. It's understanding that if you've got a group of 20 mates and you're catch up and you catch up at the pub and then we're having this discussion and someone says, great, you know, getting wasted or, you know, if you've got a problem, alcohol is not that great. It's not about saying don't catch up and drink. Or the guy that's got a problem, say then has a problem with alcohol, doesn't catch up at the pub. Mm. It's just about saying, cool, that guy that says, I don't want to drink because, guys, I've got an issue with alcohol, then you go, sweet. Mm. We'll get you know get you the zero alcohol beers or get you the vodka sodas or every now and then we'll do some non-alcoholic you know, activities. Or, but we're not going to say, don't be a pussy and drink. Oh, well, that, and, that, that was the old way, absolutely. That used to get thrown at me a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and it's understanding that it, we may naturally still, if, you know, think, oh, you know, oh, come on, mate, you know, it's just a couple of beers, like, you know, oh, what, we're not allowed to banter. You can have banter. You, can have, you know, if your mate's, if your mate's drinking, a, you know, a, a pink cocktail and you want to have banter or he's drinking a different, you know, I drink craft beer, my mates give me shit all the time. Mm. But if someone actually puts their hand up and says... I'm struggling with my relationship with alcohol and it's affecting my work, then you go, great, You're not, we're, we're going to support you to not drink. Mm-hmm. And there's no pressure for you to drink. And because of if we what, – what we see is if we're having the culture where we can't open up, we can't talk about stuff or we can't, you know, acknowledge and put your hand up and say, struggling with gambling, struggling with alcohol, struggling with anxiety, struggling with depression, um, just struggling in general, then – it just gets worse and worse yeah. and that's the guy that will then 
become a full-blown alcoholic or will ruin his relationship, ruin his work, and will say, oh, God, I'm, it sucks that he unfortunately took it, you know, maybe took his life. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you go, yeah, cool. Happens, yeah. But let's look at what, how, look, let's look at kind of like the culture that we've, um, we've got and it's going, yeah. Oh, mate, yeah, absolutely, exactly right. And, um, you know, your, your real key points that you try and uh, support people on, educate people on, are like suicide, violence and domestic violence, is that right? Yeah, so I guess all, what I look at is suicide, the three main pillars you just said, which is suicide. So all the issues that we can talk about that guys deal with, I feel, you know, a, a large portion of them result in suicide, which is harm against yourself violence which is you know man on man which is violence against each other and then domestic violence which is then violence against your partner Mm. and these are all statistics that are very prominent in society i kind of started this by looking and going these are bad statistics but these are end results what what are we doing that's not creating a great culture that's resulting in these and same thing it could be you know, getting financial stress and bad relationships that result in domestic violence, non-emotionally intelligence or not being able to um, talk through your emotions or understand your emotions that you act out against women versus just you're a shit person. So, um, you know, if we can alleviate some guys going into the wrong relationships or guys that are, you know, using alcohol as a substance abuse or using drugs as a substance abuse to cover up shit that they're not talking about, mm. um, then we're going to reduce domestic violence. Mm. If um, Same thing, you know, if we've got a creative uh, uh, culture where everyone's talking and there's connection and they're catching up with good mates and they feel part of the community, then we're going to reduce loneliness, which is then going to reduce suicide. Mm. Oh, mate. If, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and so that's kind of with mine is I, I try to look at how Blokes and Breweries is about catching up at breweries, having deeper conversations and create connection, which then create, you know, has connection versus loneliness, so less suicides. Um, you're able to talk about stuff. I try to have the culture where you go to talk to a psychologist. Cool, that should just be what guys do. You should every, you know, six months to a year go to see a psychologist. There's no weakness. There's nothing like that. By doing that, we can sort our shit out. We'll get less suicides. Mm. Um, and that bravado of kind of, you know, the, the the masculine of you deal with your shit by walking away. You know, you can still go to gym. You can still learn to fight. You can still do physical stuff. But, if you know, if you fight, if, if you're confronted and you can walk away, that's still strength. It means that we're going to get less aggression out of each other. And an example I had with um, young boys was I saw my nephews one time and, you know, you could see them roughhousing and they got frustrated and you could just see that if he was, if, if that boy that was frustrated was told to be quiet and not show emotion, that emotion doesn't leave him. And what I say is if we're not, if we've got a, a, a eight-year-old boy or, you know, a 12-year-old boy or an 18-year-old boy that has an issue and whether it's frustration, anger, um, sadness, depression, and we're telling them to put it inside, deep down inside, they hold it, and that just it gets worse. That comes out. Where I'm seeing it coming out, if we're not dealing with our issues, is at 22 years old, you're walking through the pub, some bloke bumps into you with a, and knocks your beer over, 
that's going to come. That's for that eight-year-old boy is going to come out. Mm. That anger that he's been holding is going to come out, and that's where I saw a lot of my anger and a lot of anger that I, you know, a lot of fights that we came around in. And you go, it's not about the situation; it's a release of a lot of negative energy that we could have released. Um, talking to mates, having psychology, you know, going to a psychologist, or just un- having a mindset of just re- letting things go a lot earlier on. Um, and that's your violence against violence, and then your suicide is, yeah, you know, reduced if we're talking to people more. No doubt. And see, mate, we're still in a in a in a society where we're punishing people that are performing acts of violence or domestic violence, but we're not actually like helping that healing process. So a man will go and offend, he get punished, he may get incarcerated, he may get an order, whatever. But there's never really a lot about, well, hang on, there's something going on with this guy here. Let's find out why uh, so we can stop this behavior so we can actually help his self-awareness and be able to drill down to why this is coming up. Exactly. We, uh, and I was listening to um, a domestic violence advocate and she was very articulate on it where it's um, you, personal responsibility and understanding of the personal action can go hand in hand. Mm. So, whereas I know sometimes it can get lost in translation where people go, oh, we shouldn't say have empathy or understanding of someone that's a domestic violence perpetrator, um, but they're still responsible for their actions. We are going to go forward as a society if we start understanding why. It's not victim blaming if, you know, you know, it's a delicate conversation, but it's one that needs to be had because it, it could be, for example, the guy's under financial stress at home and he doesn't have the coping mechanisms or the um, structure around him to alleviate that and it comes out as violence, mm. as I said, against others, against himself or against his partner. Now, understanding that and trying to have him supported leading up to preventing him, that outburst against himself, his partner or someone else can still go hand in hand with punishing or making him responsible for the actions that he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, mate. That, 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 that's true. You, you need to have some accountability, but you also need to have the support as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's very common. Like, I really want to see a restorative justice implemented so we can look at behaviours and be able to address them because this cyclic stuff of, you know, old mate offending and then dad offending and then his dad offending it's still going on like i i've been lucky sean i've talked about this a bit about some of the work i've been doing up here with young guys that have been in and out of the prison system and being able to help them understand that they've they've been circumstance of something that's that's gone on from their father and they've just been behaving because of that and now they're saying well shit now i can break the cycle i don't have to behave like this anymore you know i can have um, uh, empowerment within myself so I can make changes and it doesn't matter whether they've offended or not they're probably still going around in some form of trauma that was uh, you know entrapped with them at an early age and, and, and the behaviour whether that be through violence or whether it be through uh, self, self-destruction um, is, is quite relevant and, and, and easy to see but we actually need to show compassion to the individual because that's really what they, they need to, to start healing would you agree? Yes, definitely. I think the compassion is a perfect element that you should see where um, it's, it's breaking that cycle. Even if it's just breaking that cycle of their tra- like them holding their trauma or 
being stoic of what they did and um, you're talking about men's groups and stuff and, you know, even working prison systems. And I think you were talking about yoga in another podcast that you've done. And it's just having that understanding and almost that line in the sand of going, look, we know what's happened in the past, but let's just have a, a social line in the sand mm-hmm. to go, let's, let's work on what's doing it, what, what's happening. Tell me about yourself. Tell me what you think. Now, you look at it, either generational trauma, but even in like, demographics where sometimes that person just that's that's how they experienced fatherhood that's how they experienced their father in a relationship or that's just how they learn or in that area i think that relationships are toxic um i know you know even if it's not drastic domestic violence but just people that grew up in a toxic relationship in a household or their first couple of relationships were toxic and they just think that that's that a relationship is at each other's throat and drinking and arguing and you know paying out at each other and just which boils into um, you know can boil into a domestic violence situation but by having them just outside of that environment and going it can be different Mm. and we support you in being different and um, I'm showing up is our tagline and the modern bloke is trying to show that um, being a good father can be what a bloke is what a bloke is um, being a good husband is what a bloke is being a good friend is what a bloke is um, a, a modern bloke and that if you want to get out of that situation you have the power to do that yeah you, you have the power to then uh, and there was a guy a young kid in a regional uh, regional Victoria who I've worked with and he was in a drug cycle and so him and his mates were just you know they were young, a regional town, going out on the drugs, which is prevalent for a lot of regional towns. And he was like, I don't want to do this, but how do I do it? Because of, naturally, he wanted to escape that group, but they wanted to pull him back in because of, they don't want someone strong and independent and going outside. But it was having that discussion that they're going to make you feel like an outcast because of that's their toxic environment, but you're actually stronger if you go out and do what your true value is. And, what, and he did that. And then what he found is that he then had some people from that group follow him and go, I wanted to get out of here, but I'll, no one else was strong enough to get out of this cycle. Yeah. Um, and he's doing really great. But that's how you change it. You just empower each other to go, this isn't working for us or this isn't working for me. <coughs> I want to be the role model and showcase the what I think would be the good a good person and just see how many people follow yeah, oh, mate, it's so common in adult life and, uh, and younger years to be able to be brave enough to, to move forward, but to get the support so you can, you know, take that next step. And then it's amazing how uh, things open up and uh, and people will, will really embrace you for your courage to be able to, to change your life. So, Sean, how can people, like, um, get hold of you and learn about the amazing work that you're doing? Uh, what's the best way to, to touch base? Yeah, the easiest way is through Instagram. Um, so at the modern bloke, um, a lot of then from there you can go to my website. Um, we've got some merchandise for that we do, which um, then has donations to other causes. And um, from there, yeah, just send us a message, engage in the posts, and always say that part of that um, how they can support. If you see a post that's relevant to you, share it on your Instagram, mm-hmm. um, in your stories, wherever you want, because if that's that breaking that cycle, that's that I'm showing up where all of a sudden you might, you 
you might have 20 of your mates that want to talk out and want to speak about something or have an issue with relationships. They're just waiting for that one person to put up a post where they go, shit, that guy is someone that would probably be worth talking to. Mm. And then they'll reach out to you. And it's, it's just amazing how many, how effective that is. Um, of, of, creating that environment yeah absolutely mate we're, we're so lucky to have these tools that are available to us so i guess we need to to use them for the greater good and uh they're, they're not going away in a hurry so i really encourage people to jump on on instagram and, and your website just to check out the the work wonderful work you're doing sean it's been a, a real pleasure um and uh yeah i'm, I'm really glad that we've uh, had this conversation right because i think we're going to have many more to come which will uh inevitably help uh, some guys uh, throughout regional Australia but also through other parts uh, that can connect with uh, with people like ourselves and be able to you know learn a little bit from from our own trials and tribulations and what we might be able to do to you know provide guidance to them to to, to move forward and live a, a healthy happy life rather than one that's not so good I suppose at the end of the day yeah no, definitely. Thank you very much for having us on. And yeah, hopefully, you know, I love the chats and looking forward to seeing how the future goes. So reach out whenever you need. Guys, thanks for joining in, listening to Sean and I. Uh, really good uh, info there on all different sorts of topics and matters. Uh, check out uh, Sean's website, The Modern Bloke, uh, or social media as well. Really good stuff there, good content. Um, if you want to reach out to me, support at backmind.com.au. Thank you very much for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Uh, Share the podcast around. Hopefully it will be helpful to a few uh, mates or, or some guys out there. Thank you very much. Cheers.